Welcome to Wednesday in Westeros. I'm Taylor Trask. Tom I'm Todd A. And it's another episode, episode six, uh, Blood of My Blood. I'm uh, not quite sure what that alludes to, but we're going to talk about it today and, and a whole sure. lot well, more. Sure, well, that's that Dothraki saying, right? That uh, um, Yes. Uh, which is weird, Um but, you yeah, know, it, and, and and after last week, I mean, last week was so effing amazing. Like in like you know, hold the door, which had such a sort of twist surprise. It just it was such a fitting title. Um, <laughs> I think everybody might have been like you, myself included, might have been like looking for like, oh, what is blood in my blood? What's that going to mean? And, you know that you know we have an ending that sort of kind of alludes to that, but it wasn't you know it wasn't the sort of game changing episode. I mean, let's be honest. Last week, the 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 hold the door episode was probably the pinnacle of the season. And so not that everything's going to be worse, but we're definitely kind of after, after rising to the top of the mountain, we're going to kind of start sliding down again until maybe the finale. But I wasn't disappointed in this episode at all, where there have been a lot of seasons where there's something super dramatic. And then the next episode is so quiet and slowly paced. And this one, I felt like they kept it up. The rhythm was still there. Um, no, so, it wasn't terrible. It was. It wasn't. Let's. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's not. This is not a return to season fives. Right. You, you can't. Know. You just can't have two big, huge episodes back to back. I guess. You no. Know? And that's. Um, and that's. But we did have a major reveal. And we had. Well. Yeah. We had a couple that, things, but one yeah, big, huge reveal. Honestly, that you know. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll just jump into it. I'll. I will say we'll we'll kick this off with. Uh, I've made this note uh, right after the show that. It, it it is increasingly hilarious to me how the show is just sticking it to George Martin. At least that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how I interpret it. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, wait, in what way? Because because like as we found out um, after Hold the Door, that was something that they 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 admitted in kind of the behind the scenes little featurette that follows each episode that they went and drudged out of George a couple big huge plot reveals, and that was one of them. So that's something he actually. Oh really. Had. Oh, yeah. I didn't. You know, I didn't even watch the behind the episode after that episode, which is which is funny. I didn't either. I didn't either at first. Only, but somebody mentioned like, "Oh, you may want to watch that." They talk about where they got the plot, that plot idea from of Hodor, you know, holding the door, um, and that was from their from their mouths, a direct from Grimm plot point well, that they. Uh, you know, but then that that just raises so many questions. Like, if he knows those things, just write them down and put put them in a book, man, and publish it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Write the I words think, down. <laughs> collect the words on pages and put the pages in a in a collection called the book and give it, it to us. It's <laughs> to just so it, it's just so great because um I so I, I love that like they, they are kind of sticking it to them where we're seeing so many things are developing so quickly this season. I mean, yeah. That's what everybody's saying. Yeah. But I also think that it's genius because if they had drug it out more, then um you know, they might have been adding much more exposition that Martin wasn't going to do. And mm-hmm. this is, it's so condensed and it's so quick and it's, you know, it's like what we want to see. It really is the payoff of all those like long exposition seasons. So it really lets George Martin do whatever he wants. Like mm-hmm. he can just, he can go ahead and write more exposition. Like, like go crazy, Martin, you know, like you're mm-hmm. off the hook now because you already missed all the deadlines. They've passed you. So, you know, I, I just think that it's actually kind of a generous move, like to yeah, take it in yeah, a new yeah. direction. Um, but I do, I do like this. Uh, you know, I think it was like Storm of Spoilers or whoever had, um, you know, had this theory that they that uh, they show kept quiet about John's resurrection because they were going to allow Martin to bring him back in the sixth book, and then when he couldn't get that out in time, you know, so when you kind of play back the 
you know, the chronology of when those scripts must have been ready and mm -hmm. when they sort of knew that he wasn't going to make it when they were already writing season six. You know, I just, I just think it must have been funny how they, they went, okay, we're just... <laughs> <laughs> Full steam ahead. We're totally on. different tracks. Yeah, let's just pedal to the pedal. Well, it's At least like I hope that's how it goes. Uh, you know, it is. I, I, I am sure. I mean, these guys seem like they're pretty. They, they hold Grimm in, in kind of high reverence, so they're not gonna. Oh, yeah. you know, they're not like certain TV write, you know, writers or or a, a showrunners who are like, you know, the book is a you know the bastard stepchild. We're doing what we want. They seem to have this entire time been pretty loyal to Grimm. You know, Grimm's origination of the story and kind of you know, being the father of the story and what he wants. I mean, he, he let's not forget, George R. R. Martin used to write an episode of Game of Thrones each season. Like, yeah. he used to write a full episode. He hadn't, he hasn't done that in two years because he's been trying to finish. Um, Man, but, he's you been know, watching he's, football and going to conventions. Yeah, it, but it's been, you know, he has been pretty intertwined with the show himself. So it's, you know, you can say they're sticking it to him, and, and, you know, just thematically. Um, but I wonder, <laughs> like, you know, I wonder how much more how much more can they do before he just kind of throws up his hands and says, you know what, I, there is no more books. This uh, And just does kind of a compendium or kind of like a, a world of ice and fire too, right? Where it's like little stories that, that he wanted to flesh out more. Because I just see him, I, put, put your, you know, you're a writer, put it, in your, put it in your perspective. Let's say you were writing a book and then all of a sudden this other thing started telling the story faster and what some may argue better than what you're doing. Are you still compelled to finish that story at that point? I I mean, it's got to be so frustrating. I, 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 I can't even imagine. But, um, but I think that is, like I said, I think that's kind of the genius of this is uh, let the show d diverge totally, mm -hmm. however yeah. it's going to do that. I mean, maybe, you know, it pulls in, hold the door, plot points and stuff like that. But we know we're not going to get, like, this deep examination of all the characters on the show. Yeah. They're already, you know, reducing the number of characters in it by just, you know, <laughs> you know magnitudes. So, um so that's great. Like, do do what you want to do, and let George Martin do what he wants to do, and we'll it'll we'll all be better off for it. Yeah. Well, let's be <laughs> honest. All, like... You know, the frustrating frustrating thing has been for readers is like they're tampering with the lore of things. You know, in previous seasons, but they now were... it doesn't feel like yeah. that. You yeah. Know, so. Yeah, but I was okay. So you you just you clarify that because I was going to say they they've been deviating from the books basically since season two, right? I mean, like once once they decided Aegon is you know Aegon the the fake Targaryen whatever he is in the books isn't in the show. Once they said you know Lady Stone, I I think the big moment honestly for readers where they're like, oh, it's gonna it is different is when Lady Stoneheart didn't appear. That's I a think, good point. That that I, seemed to be kind of the big internet rage moment where I remember going on to Facebook after you know at the end of season four was it three or three, four or four? Well, it's three. Three, and then she didn't appear. You know, Catelyn Stark didn't appear as Lady Stoneheart, and that wasn't going to happen. And I think everybody had kind of held out, like, "Oh, it's going to happen," and then just didn't. And I think people were like, "Oh, okay," and that was well, kind of the big separation. Just, you know, it was such a we were denied like a um, after the Red Wedding. Yeah, it's like that's the coolest part of Book Three is. Yeah, the red wedding happens, and you're like, "Oh my god, they're all dead!" And then all of a sudden, Catelyn Stark shows up and starts murdering people, and you're you're going, "Whoa, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this got really interesting." So yeah. I think there was sort of a vengeance thing that it felt like the show was still toying with us. They were still, yeah. But anyway, let's get into the payoff. Yes, the episode starts in the north. You just uh, you you hinted at this. There was a big reveal. Yeah. Um, but and when you said that, I was like, "Oh yeah," but I don't think we're talking about the same reveal. Oh, okay. What what reveal are you talking about? Well, you. I want to know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm sure talking about Uncle Benjamin coming back. Yes. 
Um, you know, and, and what's weird and I, we've gotten so trained and so used to seeing, you know, before each episode, before the opening credits, they always do like previously on game of Thrones and they show you various scenes and vignettes that have to do with what you're about to see. Yeah. And I got really, you know, and, and a lot of times it's been pretty accurate. There was a moment in last season where they showed us Benjen riding off <laughs> and I could have swore in that episode, Oh, we're going to see Benjen come back. And he never did. And in this episode, they didn't do that. They didn't show like, you know, there wasn't a callback to, oh, remember this character that you haven't seen since season one? Um, right. Which is a little weird because I think a lot of watchers of the show maybe either have come in late, didn't watch season one, maybe forgot about that. Um, do, who, who out there listening remembers Benjamin Stark, right? I mean, I did, yeah. but like, who well, else? We all did. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, you, but you're right. It wasn't like implanted in our head to remember him yeah and it's like and so so i feel like the reveal might have been undercut just a little bit by not sort of reseeding that character back in the story or you know name checking him a few times before we see him i mean i get it. if you're a loyal watch if you're binging this thing from one to, to six you're gonna know you're gonna remember that pretty easily but it was it was a cool reveal nonetheless it was cool i mean and number one it's like who let, let's 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 for the 90th time say if this was season five you know this seems like something they would have drug out yet again like oh there he won't pull down his yeah. scarf and we'll have three episodes of them palling around with this guy before he says who he is so right off the bat he's like hey and then he pulls down the thing and it shows that it's freaking benjamin it's the same actor thank god um can you imagine if like somehow his he had he died or his contract wasn't renewed or something that they pull in a different different actor for this um but yeah, it was cool, and it was like you know he had it was he had to you know he had kind of had to explain to Bran who he was, um, which I think was helpful. But that was I mean it was cool nonetheless to see him to see him alive, uh, and I, I would say for you, do, you know, as a book reader, he he in the books hasn't been revealed yet, correct? Uh, I you know this is one of those other times where I'm like I just don't think I I don't know exactly what I know from the books, um, but I'm fairly certain that cold hands is definitively not Benjen in the book and cold hands is the is that character in the books that's what they refer yes. to him as we didn't get that name yes. in the show at all we didn't but there was a great clip of like like just a short vision of his hands you know being kind of bluish blackish oh, yeah when, when he lifts them up um so uh yeah i mean I, that's definitely who he is um cool. you know he's readers are Definitely disappointed that he is not riding a giant elk, um, as he did. <laughs> in the books, he does. In the books, it's um, badass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he joined the, you know, the. Uh, we we talked about this actually. I think in our last episode that he joined their adventure. Um, when they get to the other side of the wall, he's the one that leads them to the Three Eye Raven, I believe. Uh, God, I could be I could be so off now. I have no idea. Um, but he's also the one that explains the magic properties of the wall and says he can't travel south of the wall because of the magic imbued in the wall keeps him as a partial white walker out of the yeah, land of yeah. men. So was, was it was the reveal on how he was saved interesting to you? Well, like how, I mean, how he didn't get turned completely? I think it a kind of, you know, last week I made a comment of how it was just too easy how the children, you know, created the the white walkers like it's just like magic, you know, they just drive this stake into this this man and all of a sudden they've started the white walkers well but, specifically um, dragon glass like that was right that's what i didn't realize that they were plunging into that guy or what it was which is really weird because dragon glass a can kill a white walker and a white um right and b it's it's more that represents the physicality of fire in this world so it's weird that plunging that into a guy would turn them into the embodiment of ice you know 
yeah, there's some strange rules there, right? And, yeah. Um, but so I, it, I anyway, I think it kind of justifies it because it's sort of like okay, now we can see a different part of that magic. Maybe all their magic is sort of interrelated. I don't know. It just made me feel a little bit better about it. Like, okay, they don't just have this totally random fire and ice magic. They have sort of a a way of of manipulating it, you know, to save people from becoming the ice and you know use the fire and stuff like that. So I was I was pretty down with the with the reveal. It kind of makes the children honestly seem really a lot more mad scientist and less like, you know, yep. hippies of the forest. Like they seem they seem more like what's that one what's the new maester in King's Landing now that uh Cersei sort of uh rooted uh, in um <laughs> not Pycelle, the other guy. Well, um uh 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 I'm I'm just going to look it up. What the hell yeah, Frankenmaster. We'll call him that. Well, um, you know, the guy who created the the mount, the new undead mountain. Um, that yes, he's seems... not actually a maester. He was oh. not. Given, um, his or his chain was taken away or something. Um, he's the one that uh, sewed up Jamie's hand. Um, gotcha, gotcha. But he's been yeah. given basically all of the maester stuff, ex- but except for the title, right? Because he's been given Pycelle's like you know headquarters or or <laughs> lab or whatever. It, like, seems like there's a lot that Pycelle is very unhappy about. Um, right, because he would experiment on the dead bodies and, yeah, and do that yeah. kind of stuff. And you know, I mean, in that in the whole you know the Maester conspiracy, where they may have been sort of the monks of the the place that did away with magic and killed mm-hmm. the dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, it does kind of fit in Kyburn is his name. Kyburn, um, there we go. It does kind of fit in that where where Kyburn is is playing with magic and really wants to know everything he can do. Yeah, and they and they they kick him out. You know, yeah. because wouldn't it be because that is not what their purpose is. Wouldn't it be interesting if Kyburn turns out to be a, a crucial link in stopping, you know, everything north of the wall. Like, I absolutely think he is. I, I I kind of well, not maybe not maybe not like the huge role, but I think I think he that's kind of the, an important thing there. Like he and Sam somehow, um, and we'll get to Sam. Don't <laughs> worry. That he and Sam, uh, you know, somehow partner up or something. He's he's needed, you know, in a way that I think once once whatever the hell is going on in King's Landing finally comes and goes, like Kyburn yeah. will be sort of recruited or drafted into the the big scheme of things. Well, um, there's definitely like a, um, uh, and this will lead into back into what I thought was a big reveal in that first scene. Um, but there's, uh, Kyburn is willing to do what it takes. I think. You know, yeah. I think. I mean, maybe he's not as he's not as a uh, instrumental in the plot. You know, he's not as big a character in in those terms. But yeah. um, he, like I said, he wants to know the extent of what he can do with yeah. magic and with science and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, which is very much like Tyrion uh, when he's looking for the wildfire. You know, in in season mm. two, and, mm-hmm. and he's willing to kind of go to those links. Um, you know, Kybern will go to those links where Pycelle and the other Maesters won't. They are, you know, they're they're too conservative. They're just not going to do it. Well, they're too conservative, but they're also too interested in, in just in just sort of hanging around and, and being people of power, right? It seems like yeah. I, I don't think that we have ever seen Pycelle perform medicine or maestering or whatever the hell he's. But like, I don't think we've ever seen it. We've seen him, you know, get his dick sucked and and pal around with Cersei and stuff, but we've never seen him actually, you know. Do anything yeah, he does. Of... He does some kind of potioning in the first couple seasons. I think. Oh, you know, he? He, I think he okay. gives a potion to Ned um, to help him sleep or something. You know, it's like uh, I, I don't know. I just know that that was kind of like the extent of what he does. They send gotcha. ravens, and they have little. You know, they have like laxatives. <laughs> laxatives That's... and ravens. 
<laughs> call me in the morning. I, you know, but going back to going back to to Benjin, um, I I was thinking as I saw him, uh, what was running through my mind was your whole your whole theory slash probable thing that he can't ever cross the wall again because he's right. now made of magic or somehow is connected to the White Walkers. Where if he goes, they all you know he'll break the spell. Oh, or something with like with Bran, and and definitely that wasn't my. I don't want to take credit for that. Someone else, you know. No, I know, but it's it's. That. I just yeah. I'm, I'm 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 thinking like next episode or the next time we see him, you know, Bran will say we got to go back to Winterfell. He'll go, I can't come, I can't come with you, um, or something to that effect. And I don't know what. So so was that the reveal you were hoping for, no. thinking of? There's another one. Well, what I thought was so revealing of that scene. I mean, I, I like seeing cold hands. That was cool. Um, but Bran's visions and specifically of Eris and the wildfire, like just. As soon oh, as we saw that green crazy. glowing wildfire, I was like, yeah. "Holy shit, it's it's on!" And Eris saying, Eris calling out like, "Burn them all!" You know that whole. Yeah, oh never yeah. Seen Eris depicted on screen before? That was the first time, wasn't it? Yep. And you know, it's weird because I read. Um, it wasn't even a recap. I just read someone writing about that scene, and they said something about, and that's when Jamie stabs him. But. But I'm pretty sure I didn't see Jamie stab him at all in that flashback. We didn't. See, we just saw a shadowy saw, figure. Right, right, right. Like someone approaching the throne. We, you know, we, I think it was assumed it was Jamie because that's his right. reputation. Okay, that's that's what I got out of it. But we did see young Ned Stark and and hear something about my sister or my brother or something. So we we get the feeling that Bran is seeing Ned Stark and Lyanna in mm. the Tower of Joy. Mm-hmm. And then I saw you know I saw another viewer say that. Um, uh, it's like clearly Ned's, or maybe this is in the previews for next week or whatever. But it's clearly Ned's wrist, like because he's wearing the same garb. Oh wow! Um, oh shit! No, we do see, uh, we do see you're, Jamie. Uh, you're watching stat. it as we speak. Yeah, <laughs> but um, where we <laughs> see Ned's home, we can't see his hand um, uh, with blood on it, sort of showing like this is the, the you know, the blood of Lyanna that sh- that came from her giving birth to mm. you know of course secret targaryen so are you still of the mind that that either bran or the original three-eyed raven were the ones that made eris mad or made him oh was I, did i i never i don't think i ever postulated that either but you i sort of read... you threw it out there last time did i really yeah like or you threw it out as a possibility i don't know how married you were, you were to the idea but it seemed like that was that was something now that like and i've heard other people say well no they they're responsible for turning uh, eris mad and I'm of the opinion that well, no, you know, it, if Eris is mad, I mean, it's a fine idea, but I, they've long suggested that because the Targaryens inbred, that made you know crazy right. kids, and you know, it's even it's even sort of uh, uh, mirrored in the idea of Jaime and Cersei inbreeding, and Joffrey was crazy, you know. Exactly. So I, I'd rather it be that, unless oh, they created him. Like, well, yeah, <clears throat> yeah I too- think I think I was getting more at the point of. Um, that we were kind of riffing on da- Daenerys being the villain, and that sort of I was I was kind of riffing on that interesting twist of like, what if the White Walkers are actually the good guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But that's funny because I only this week read something something about that theory that Bran's time traveling Hodorness um, <laughs> turned Eris mad. Like yeah. maybe maybe this vision of Bran becoming you know all the visions Bran had maybe he he put that wildfire idea. In Eris's well, there's even, there, no, but even more so. So I've I've seen people say that the that Max von Sydow was a somehow a Targaryen at one point. And oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. So so he was a Targaryen at one point. He became the Three Eyed Raven. He tried to change the past. Found out it turned Eris mad, which is why he's so militant about Bran not lingering. Or you know, when Bran shouts out wow. to Ned, he's like, Hey, hey, no, 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 no. 
can't change you can't change that thinking that oh i did this once and it fucked everything up i'm not you know he can't do that i you know and that's again it's a fine theory i just don't it seems like it's too much for no payoff right it's like what's what's the point of it all if you know we've already seen <laughs> we've already seen brand can influence the past uh for good and for bad why why do we need that extra beat just to drive that home yeah and it's that's funny because one of those uh, not complaints but one of the <laughs> criticisms i read last week was like oh no now we're throwing time travel into the mix you know um so yeah i agree with you i i think that's i I don't know it's it's like too cutesy or something it sort of wraps it up yeah so many time travel stories end up that way of like oh but you don't know that they you know what you watched just got erased and some sometimes it works there's days of future past but sometimes it's, it's really goofy I, I I feel like they're gonna use it sparingly enough right. where it will ma- it will matter and not just because it, as soon as you use it too much then the whole show becomes about that and then exactly. everything else matters even less right so it's like you got to be really careful I will right. say this um, as I was watching that first scene with Mira and Bran and the Vision and all that stuff unfold for some reason and it wasn't even anything in the show or what I was seeing on screen but for some reason in my mind it pretty much clicked that I am now firmly in the camp that Mira is the third dragon. Um, she's, she is, she is John's twin sister. Um, and we're going to find out. And you think about it this way. I know this is obvious. You know, this is, this has been posted everywhere. If you just Google anything, but um, it's revealed in brands flashback that Howlin Reed survived, right? You know, he's the one that stabbed um, uh, the, well, the but, of- but didn't he stab and then, and then died sort of like, but how can he have, but okay. Yeah, maybe, but if that's the case, then how can Mira and what's his Jojen say that they're Howland's kids? I agree. How did Howland survive? Because those guys are still young at the time, right? How did they go on to have and 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 you know Jojen's way younger, um, you know Jojen's Brand's age. So how did the, how did you know Howland Reed? I still hate that freaking name. How did how <laughs> crazy you know, Howland, Howland Reed on a <laughs> Howland Reed on a Monday afternoon? Um, how did he how did he live so so? Think about the fact maybe he was you know severely injured, but you think you know what you, you go all you know you go all Star Wars a New Hope on him and say, hey, she had twins. Ned, you're going to take one. Howland, you're going to take another, and yeah. uh, we're not going to talk about this again. Like I would, as 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 you know, as, we've seen it a million times, but it would be cool to have you know it'd be cool to have that be the case only so that Mira has more to do. Because I'm watching this this whole time going, okay, Jojen died, and he died a, a death that made sense, a very noble death, you know, very Hodor-esque death, trying to protect yeah. him. You know, Mira's still alive. What's the point of her other than just dragging Bran around? Like, she hasn't been given a lot to do as a character, yeah. and they cast that actress up. I mean, that's not a, it's not just a throwaway actress. Like, she's got some good right. stuff when she's been on screen, so it's like, what else are you going to do with her besides give her a hell of a lot more to do when it's revealed that she's the third dragon? Um, and again, for the record, I do not want it to be Tyrion. I, I just don't. And so, and I'm almost, you know, before I said, oh, it's, I don't want it to be Tyrion, but if it is, it is now I'm to the point where I'm like, I don't want it to be Tyrion. And if it turns out to be him, I'm going to be kind of mad. Um, cause it just feels like such a, it, it betrays a lot of stuff they've set up. If it is Tyrion. I, I can see that. I, I don't like it to be Tyrion. I may have. Maybe maybe I did claim to be on Team Tyrion at one point. I you know said, you're hashtag never Tyrion. <laughs> yeah, um, hashtag never Tyrion. I I think it is. I just I don't like it because it's it's kind of like obvious in some weird way. You know, it's yeah, like exactly. yeah, he's the he's the the third guy. Like he's the third main person. You know, no. um, 
but I think you're right too about the story. But we, <clears throat> uh, like you know, his it, it discounts a lot of his story. Yeah. If he if he just becomes this guy that rides. It takes the away his. It takes away his heft as a character. It takes away a lot of the stuff he built and worked on for himself. If now, all of a sudden you <laughs> gift this like magical like you're now right. you're the secret this other thing and it's like well what we've seen five seasons of him struggling and fighting to prove his name and prove his worth and it's like now you're just going to throw him to the into this like, I, I have a new theory yeah. <laughs> let's hear it we, we haven't even gotten to the second scene in the episode oh um, we'll cruise through all that stuff it's, my my new theory is that we haven't seen the last of gendry and that he might ride the third dragon really it's just a stupid idea. It's Gendry, not really theory. the bastard son of Robert Baratheon. Yeah. Huh. Because last he's time we saw him, that boat, Davos. Man. Well, Davos was sending him off in a boat. Yeah, he had to teach him how to row. Like, <laughs> that kid has been rowing for three years. I'd like to believe that he rows out, and Davos goes, you know, nods his head and turns around, and like this, what we don't <laughs> see is like a sea monster immediately just just gobbles him up, and that's yeah, it. You know? Kraken just takes him down. Yeah, just he's like, ah! you know, and Melisandre's like kind of standing, you know, Melisandre's standing from the the podium of the of the of the castle, going, you know, going, huh? Well, just like, you know, none of it makes any sense because he disappeared and we never saw him appear anywhere, which is fine. Yeah. But when <laughs> Melisandre went to pick him up, presumably from Storm's End to King's mm-hmm. Landing, or in the middle of nowhere, actually, because he was with the Brotherhood without banners, she got there in like a half a day. <laughs> yeah, it's like the scale of this land is very weird. But anyway, I was just throwing that. I'm just, I'm just, but, you know, you, I'm just kidding as, around about Gendry. I don't think he's. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, but wait, 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 wait. You, as you were saying that, I'm reminded of when they met, when Melisandre and Gendry met. She and I need to go back and watch exactly what was said, but it seemed like she talked him up pretty. There was something about how she was describing him him and like what she was saying about him that seemed a little too reverent um that well, seemed a little too like you're you know the lord of light really likes you and it's just like okay but then at the same token why would she torture him or draw his blood if he was also you know uh that you know the prince that was promised you know i think three. i think we're way out on a limb there because he's one of those character substitutions where yes there's a gendry in the books but there was another bastard of roberts that um, Stannis was keeping at the castle, and that's who they took the blood from. Oh, okay. And so, okay. so it's kind of like, well, I mean, we're, we're really, we're really getting out on this limb. Like, <laughs> let's put a, let's put a little pin in that. We'll, we'll put mm. it on the, on the, you know, far down at the bottom of the board, but we'll still pin it in case it happens. I'm just, and I'm going to credit. I'm trying you to with... throw so much stuff out there that I'm right about something. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll, we'll credit you back if, if somehow. Right. Gendry comes back in a way, even if he comes back and isn't that, but is important somehow again. I'll, I'll tell you that too. I mean, it's the it's classic fortune telling. Like, yeah, you got to say so much garbage because <laughs> if you just say one thing that comes true. That's all the people are going to remember. Let me ask you this though: if yeah. and play it logically in your head, if Mira isn't the third dragon, what's the point of her? I, you know, so I don't really want to get. Um, I, I don't want to get too far in this this rabbit hole, uh, uh, but I have a feeling that um, the Storm of Spoilers has a, a a saying where they say I think it's efficiency is coming because you know they're saying they're they're trimming the plot. They're gonna efficiency start, is coming. They're, they're, they're <laughs> move through this. They're just you know efficiency is go, coming. Those are our best words. <laughs> I think part of that efficiency is that we are going to see a shit ton of deaths of mm. people we thought were important. Ah. And I have a couple calls there that I'm really 
afraid to put out there. No, do it, do it. I, I well, need to... I just, not, just not this episode. All right. So All right. there's a teaser maybe, for you. Maybe, 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 I don't know, it comes back up or something. But I, I hate not saying it because then I'm like, oh, as soon as that person dies, then I'm going to go like, I called it, and no one's going to believe me. But, um, yeah, I just feel like it's going to be like the wolf, man, when mm. Bran's wolf, you know, like just turns into this like mist of, of blood and fur. Yeah. I just have this feeling that, like, that's going to happen to a couple of beloved characters, and you're going to go, holy shit, like, we just lost Mira for no reason. But Mira, okay, I, I would agree, and I would agree that that, is, that will serve the story well, but Mira hasn't been given enough to really be beloved yet. She's kind of been in this weird gray zone where she's they cast up a really good actress, and they haven't given her a lot to do, and it's like, so you can't really... For them to kill her off would be like, and unless in the books she was just always meant to be a tag along and nothing else. But the way the show is treating her is with increased urgency, right? right? And it's like, and if that's all leading to just them axing her, I just don't. And I, I, I just well, let feel me put like, that. Let me back you up on that because the, what the show has done consistently is they'll cast someone really good in a role, mm -hmm. and it'll seem at first like they don't have a lot to do. Mm. And, but we just sort of know, like, I mean, they've done it over and over again, whether it's a big-name person or not, where, you know, we'll just see something, you know, we'll see a glimpse of, like, I mean, it, just think of Braun. Like, you know, Braun yeah. shows up, and yeah. it's like, he's just any other dirty sword, and then That's he turns point. into, like, <clears throat> everybody's favorite for, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I do think, I, I think you're right in that aspect of, like, they figured out, you know, whether it was planned all along or not, like, Mira has a role to play, and they, they cast someone to play that role that you maybe didn't expect it from. You maybe thought she was going to be cannon fodder, yeah. but she wasn't, you know? I'll say one more thing about it, then we can move on. Yeah. It, it feels like one of those things where even if George R. R. Martin was like, no, no, Aegon in the book is going to be the third dragon, and they, they ha and they, you know, he takes it that way and has the ending that they all, you know, they all arrive at the same destination. But what if the show's like, okay, we know everybody knows about R plus L equals J. Like, we know everybody, you know, even, like, casual viewers now are hip yeah, to yeah. that rumor. They got to know. And in their minds, they're like, what's going to make that reveal bigger and better? I know. Luke, you know, Luke and Leia separated at birth. Like, that's going to be one of those <laughs> things. Like, if I was running the show going, okay, we want that, that to really mean something. And, and it, it also strikes me like, okay, we know they didn't, show us the, they didn't show us inside the Tower of Joy yet. And if they're saving that till the end, and you know, and by this whole time, they're like, they're like, you know, they've been planting it. They've been planting it in the show. They've been very deliberately pointing us towards John being Rhaegar and Lyanna's son. But I just feel like for there to be a holy shit moment in this show, uh, at that level, there's got to be and dot 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 another one. You know, it just seems like that would make so much sense. I, again, if it doesn't happen, whatever. But I just I feel like every every the more I think about it, the more cards are are stacked for or stacked in Mira's favor. Um, well, so a couple things in the books, Jojen's not dead, I believe. Oh, really? Um, <clears throat> and so I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that Martin would, have, that, I think this is what we said when we brought it up before is that I think that this is a, a theory that is show only if okay. like, if Mira's a Targaryen, but I got another wrinkle to throw in there too, which is along the lines of Daenerys being the villain, which more and more people are piling onto. I saw Joe Robinson talk about it this week too. <laughs> and she brought up that it's been like a long book reader theory, which I had not heard until, you know, a couple weeks ago when we talked about mm -hmm. it. But, um, I mean, if she is the villain, then why would John ride with her? You know? 
Like, I what, think that's I'm, what I'm gonna, if the three dragons are like Euron Greyjoy, <laughs> her, and uh, you know Grey Worm or something? Yeah, and uh, and John and everybody like is you know the the just people are are opposing her. Yeah, so I, I don't know that. In other words, like maybe John is a secret Targaryen, but maybe that doesn't really have anything to do with him being one of the dragons. But if you think about it, you know, maybe Daenerys is the big bad of season seven, part A, right? And then they all, you know, yeah. they have to all come to terms with it so that they can fight the White Walkers in season season seven, part B. Because aren't they? Isn't it definitive now that they're splitting season seven? They're doing the Breaking Bad and doing like like I don't know. I still haven't heard definitive on that. But I, I read something recently that said two more seasons. And it just said it like that way, not like they were half seasons, just two more. Mm. And so mm. I really I, don't know. In either case, it stands to reason that Daenerys makes it over and the whole next season is all you know, her versus everybody. And then they all have to unite to then take down the White Walkers. Because when you think of it, like, we can't have two seasons of the White Walkers just rolling over everybody with no, you know, with no hope of it. I mean, that's just going to get, that's just going to be season five all over again. There's just not, you know, nothing good happens. And like, where do we go from there? So it's like, if, you know, maybe that, maybe the cliffhanger, maybe the Ned's head of next season is there's this big battle against Daenerys. And during that battle, the wall comes down and they're like, Oh fuck. And then they have to all, you know, then it all turns that way. I, I don't know. It's, I do no, like well, your, I do like your idea though of circumventing that popular convent that you know that conventional theory. Uh, you know, it's like no, it's actually just these two guys, and Daenerys is just going to pick whoever she wants, and the dragons will just do whatever she wants, and here we go. So that could I be mean, it, too. Yeah, it could be Bora Mormont. He's the stone man that the dragon can't kill with fire, so he gets on the back or whatever. Like <laughs> oh, we don't. Bora. I mean, um, so yeah, let's let's jump into another scene here. Yeah, which is uh, <laughs> and if we go by by what the show did. Uh, it goes to the super boring Horn Hill. Um, what did you think of Sam? Uh, Sam Wise is that him? Sam Wise. I'm, I'm just going to call that whole scene "Pride and Prejudice" with the Tarleys because, good lord! Oh my god! Like, or, or Downton Tarleys. Like, take your pick. Downton um, Tarleys. Downton Tarleys. You know, and and honestly, as if if it was just that as a show, it would actually kind of be interesting because as 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 soon as Sam and and Gilly popped up in the wagon, I'm not going to lie, I fast forwarded through all of that. Like I fast forwarded through the wagon until because oh I, so I, I didn't even catch their conversation. I just saw, and then when I it, I actually paused it and rewound it when I saw them show, you know, House House Tarly, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, yeah, but it looks very Downton Abbey esque as well. So as soon as they started rolling in and everybody came out, I'm like, oh my god, this is where they're this is where they're going with this. And again, if this so, whole show is just about that and just about Sam's story, it might be actually kind of interesting, but plopped in the middle of all this, just who cares? Oh, God. Well, and it's one of those... I mean, I, I didn't think it was bad. I, I've, it's, not, it's not season five. Um, but I did feel like it had a little bit of the rug-pulling thing going on where it's like there's this huge drama about... Sam, you know, Sam brings his uh, little Sam and Gilly to the house... And then shit goes down with his father, which we all knew would happen. Like, Sam has known this his whole life. And then Sam's big reaction is, we're leaving tonight. We're a family. Yeah. Well, then yeah. why did you even show up? I mean, what is wrong with you, Sam? Why did you even show up? And why did they not give him any character? It's it's like he was reset to zero again from when we he We got more character ball. from Gilly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, he was it's like, reset. He's I was back really one. I was really hoping that we'd see him stand. I'm like, okay, if they're going to show us this, then at least show us him standing up to his father. And, and you know, exactly. And none of that happened. It's just like, just a but big fart. That's, and that's yeah. what we're going to call you, big fart. 
Yeah, we'll come up with some pun for how how boring the Tarleys are, but oh, um, let's let's bounce to King's Landing. Yeah, um, where we did see uh, your prediction came true, uh, which frustrated me. <laughs> <laughs> it came true mostly. Like I was still suggesting that there would be a more violent way. To, I was actually surprised the High Sparrow uh, really played it. He 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 played us really strong hand without any bloodshed. Um, you know, I thought there'd be my 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 pet theory was he and the Faith Militant had infiltrated King's Landing in the hearts and minds of the people so much, and you even saw it in the shot. You saw the uh, the house um, uh, the house Martell you know army come in. Martell? No. Uh, uh, Tyrell. Tyrell. The Tyrell troops come in, and it shows a wide shot of like you know the the fifty Tyrell troops, and then like the seven hundred people behind them and i'm like oh shit they're they're trapped this is gonna and i was like oh it's gonna happen like i think and then when the this is i was just like oh it's so funny that you thought that because the night of or the night before uh my friend ernesto and i were watching the previews and talking about we were talking about our theory i was saying i, I want like a big battle and taylor thinks it's going to fizzle out and there's going to be a twist or something that um Maybe not fizzle out is what you said, but you did you did say like no, he, the high sparrow is going to spin this somehow. Yeah. And we so we watched the preview, you know, before this episode. We watched the like last week's. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so this this was like Saturday night or something, and and uh, we <laughs> freeze, you know, paused it on that frame to show like, look, there's all this, you know, all the commoners right here, and this one little line. So I, I did have that thought too, uh, but in the episode, I appreciated it because I I really got the idea that. They weren't necessarily trying to overwhelm them. They were trying to say no one's going to see Marjorie stripped and yeah. her head shaved. And yeah. so it really, they weren't really weren't there to start a war with the commoners. It was just to tell the faith militant, like, hands off our daughter. You know, I thought it was so, but the way Cersei. And that way, I thought the twist looked a little worked a little bit better. Yeah, but the way the, the way Cersei uh, framed it to the small right. council was, we're going to take those soldiers in there. We're going to like kill them all if we have to. Like I agree. I, the whole you know stopping Marjorie thing was almost like the the secondary result of us taking shit over and basically kicking the High Sparrow out once and for all. I, I thought it was more of that kind of. It, it, she made it seem like there was that finality to it. Um, yeah, granted, when they rolled in, they kind of downplayed it a little bit more, like you're saying, where it's like we're not. She's not going to do that. You know, and it's just like right. I, I did. Li- I had to chuckle a little bit, by the way, to see Mace Terrell, you know, you know, fully, <laughs> fully armored and like actually like pretend like he was hot shit, like you know, giving his yeah. little pink, giving his little Theoden speech, you know, like this is the day that we will actually put down our roses and take up our swords. You know, it's just kind of the whole thing just seemed a little what a wang ridiculous. And it was so. F- I mean, it, I appreciated the expressions from Jamie, but it was almost yeah. like we don't even need that. We're all yeah. at home rolling our eyes. Yeah. Exactly. We get that you are our, you know, our avatar in this, but um, but the and you know, just when we're talking like storytelling and logic, why in the hell would they bring Olena? Thank you. <laughs> battle, like that was ridiculous. Yeah. That like this cart would. I mean, that's when I thought, oh, okay, so the, you know, they have a different idea. They're, they're trying to pull a strategy move of we're taking our daughter back and blah blah blah. And so it turned into more of a strategy session. But I agree with you, like. Cersei made it sound like no, we're we're gonna rain some blood and fire down on these people, you know. I thought the and cart was actually an empty cart for Marjorie to get into, and they'd roll. I over. thought so too. When Olena stepped out, I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Yeah, although just it was like, worth it. Like was, <laughs> it was ridiculous, but it was worth it just to have Mace go. What is going on here? And yeah. <laughs> to go, he beat us, you fool. You know. Yeah. And I'm assuming. Am I correct in assuming that Olena is Mace's mother, or is he her mother, in, or she his mother-in-law? 
Do we know? I guess she's his mother. But I'm she's sure, I'm mother. sure this is documented in all the uh, crazy, you know. Um, the <laughs> family tree of Westeros. I should <clears throat> bust out my book. I'm sure it says it in the, the World of Ice and Fire. I should effing have it. So we're, we're sure that Marjorie's faking it, right? Like she's playing some yeah, con. What is Ma- Marjorie's endgame here? You know, I don't she, know. she seemed a little surprised and sort of turned on, honestly, when the Terrell army rolled in and she was about to. It seemed like she was about to do what she had planned and they rolled in and then, you know, Toman comes rolling out. Um, and it's, yeah, I, surely she's got another game going on, which is, you know, at this point, I, what could it even, I, I, I really don't care, but what could it even be? You know, what could she gain from all of this? Well, I mean, I, I all I can think of is that she is looking out for her brother yeah, and she didn't, she didn't want to get rescued if Loras you know, was going to, like, she realized, like, they're not going to be able to, you know, get him out or something. Yeah. From, from last week, he was too weak to, too you reeked. know, sort of, uh-huh. yeah, he was, he was, he was totally reeked, and he couldn't, uh, you know, muster up the strength to fake it like she was. Yeah. So she decided, I'm going to play this from the inside. Yeah. Um, that That's all I can think of, but I mean, it's just... It was one of those moments where I'm like, "Wait, does the show really think we're buying this?" Yeah, no. I mean, I don't think. I don't, <laughs> I don't think, think so. that. I don't think that. I and did. What? Um. It will go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was gonna say it was pretty weak sauce, though. I mean, it's if for all their bluster, Jamie and Sir, like it just it shows what shitty parents they they still are, and that all their bluster yeah. they kind of took their eye off the off the game and let Toman let Toman talk to the High Sparrow enough to where he was. You know that that Jamie didn't know Toman was already at the Sept is a little weird. You know, he's supposed to be like the lead guard, right? The lead um, knight's guard for Toman. And he didn't even know his own king slash son was at the Sept. Like, come on. what? Yeah. Ugh. Just the whole, that whole oversight really drives me. Nuts. I don't think, I don't think they would have let that happen, you know, in the world. They, you know. Yeah, but a couple, they, couple big plot holes. You bring the queen mother to the, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you bring Olena to a battle. <laughs> yeah. You let, you let Mace lead the army in. Uh, you know, and then and then Toman has somehow snuck out without his Kingsguard. I'm not gonna lie though; it would be really fun to see Diana Rigg like like take a take a you know a club or something to start beating the shit out of you know a uh, uh, militant faith or faith militant. You know, because just because Diana Rigg oh, yeah. can kind of do whatever she wants, but I, I don't that know. would be awesome. Well, yeah. you know, one other weird thing about that scene is so when the Kingsguard does march out behind Tommen, mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure that all their breastplates are suddenly. New breastplates that have the seven-pointed star on them of the face. Ooh, good point. Because yeah, it's something about that did seem a little different, and I couldn't put my finger on what it was. Like when they rolled so out. So at first, some... yeah, at first I was like, oh, he's got a new king's guard, and then I was like, wait, is this supposed to be his king's guard that they, you know, somehow they they spent the night like, <laughs> you know, in the smith, like uh, hammering out these new breastplates or whatever. Well, and they they lingered. The camera lingered on them for a little longer yeah. than you think too. So it kind of would like there was sort of a slow close up of one guard as he wa- approached, you know, and um, yeah, hang so on, yeah, re- it was very weird how quickly they they got that together. You are right. I'm rewinding it now. There is nice. a seven star breastplate. Wow. Yeah. I you know in some way that too is might be one of those plot hints that they got from from Martin because he um, in the books at least what I recall you know again the fuzzy memory several years of reading these boring ass books um, he uh, it, there's definitely like more you know like we've talked about a couple times how the the faith militant uh, uh, like ascended really quickly in the show and in the yeah. books it was a little bit more gradual and there's definitely in the books a, a more of a feeling of like 
that the faith and the crown had kind of split, you know, yeah, where they yeah. where they used to at one time be very strong. Um, and I, you know, I'm always fascinated by the different religions in the show. So, yeah. uh, I, I, it's interesting to me. Whatever, wherever they're going, I did, I did sort of wish for some butt kicking and didn't get that. But yeah, I did, um, I did, I did really like the smug as hell look on Jonathan Price's face. Uh, man, at that scene no quote, kidding. Uh, with the high spare, I was like, ha 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 ha. Like, he, he really. I, it's it's more than obvious that dude is not the Buddhist he pretends to be. He right. is as manipulative, if not more than Littlefinger himself. Um, the, yeah, he's a little he's a little finger in Buddhist clothing or uh, hippie yeah, clothing. Yeah, and the other smugness that is surely going to come back to to bite her in the ass is how how smug Cersei is about who she has now called Sir Gregor and the Mountain. <laughs> yeah. I love how yeah, the show. Really, the show is just like we're not even going to pretend that his name is Robert Strong. It's the mountain. Yeah, I'm kind of, He's I'm kind of grateful be in a trial for by that. Combat. Yeah, I'm kind of grateful for that. And I, I like, you know, I like that they threw it out there in the beginning. Like this is, you know, Quiburn's like this is Sir Robert Strong, everybody, and they're like, well, no, it's the mountain. It's like, well, yeah. okay, you got us. But yeah, it's she's pretty. She's throwing that out there pretty, uh, pretty casually. Like yeah, this, because you know. he was already beaten in trial by combat by a little dude, a little fast you know? dude. A little sandstone guy. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question. Here's a question. And I was going to say this till the end, but yet again, and, and thankfully, we didn't see a damn thing from Dorne this week. Yeah. What if, what if the High Sparrow is doing some kind of secret back channel deal with um, uh, Elaria uh, Sand, and when they do trial by combat, three little sand snakes come out to face the mountain? Um, I, you know, that's funny because I, I kind of wondered that too. Even if they're not part of the trial by combat, is is it now that they now they have to get revenge on the mountain for killing <laughs> you know both of the <laughs> yeah. both of these Martell brothers? Yeah, um, I mean that would be, that would at least make Dorn sort of kind of matter slash interesting because I don't see how you shoehorn shoehorn Dorn back into this in any way that's not infuriating. I don't think it's going to be the High Sparrow that brings the Dornish in though, just because he's been working this treaty thing with Tommen. And so now, now that he is united with the crown, he's. I th I think he's feeling pretty safe. Okay. You know. Yeah, that's probably um, true. So, but I but I do kind of wonder if their return happens around that uh, trial by combat, or you know maybe they kill the mountain secretly before the trial by combat can even happen. Yeah, that's probably more likely because they're not gonna. They're just not gonna rewash the trial by combat again. They're going right. to find a way to circumvent because we've seen it. It's not interesting to see it again unless there's some kind of crazy twist that I Yeah. Don't... And again, it, you know, in one of these weird things where the, the – one of the weirder things this season is that the show is playing with the chronology of the book in mm -hmm. a way. Like in previous seasons where chronology has been played with or things have been skipped ahead, we just never see them. Mm -hmm. And now it's like things are getting pulled out where um, we don't – you know, we're, like, well, I, for example, Jamie, I believe. So Jamie, okay. So at the end of the scene, Tommen rebukes Jamie and uh, strips him of his king's guardianship. And yeah, holy makes shit! Him the that's, head of the army. I'd forgotten that completely. Um, that, to defeat the the Blackfish, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that seemed like I, Jamie, <laughs> like it. They, the High Sparrow, has his talents in Tommen so much that he would dismiss. You know, Tommen thinks Jamie's his uncle. 
Um, you know, it's obviously his dad. I don't know if Toman yeah. has come to terms with that, but either way, he would take this really trusted guy in his life and be like, yeah, goodbye. I, it, it felt like he was being Ned Stark a little bit. You know, it kind of felt like a lot of stuff that would have oh, yeah. Ned Stark in season one. Like, hey, you're not the hand anymore, and, you know, you're, we're going to send you over here now and put you in the corner. Um, so I just, it was really, I forgot all about that. That was, that was shocking that Toman was that weak sauce that the, the High Sparrow was like, basically, like, here's what you're going to do. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's funny because I wasn't really thinking of how much the High Sparrow had played into that, but he, I mean, he absolutely had to, if, you know. Yeah. Told him. Let's jump though, because that because Jamie going to fight the Blackfish, they set that up a little bit, and they gave us a little fake out with um, Walder Frey again back in his uh, you know the site of the wed site and scene of the wed red wedding, and he actually name checks the red wedding. Like I didn't realize that was it that was, was called that the, in Game of Thrones you know world, and that was the dumbest part for me ever uh, that took me so out of the moment and i i remember the, like cast of kings or one of those other podcasts um uh but whatever it was that joe robinson was on was talking about um how in the first episode the english graffiti about like misa is a master like yeah, really yeah. annoyed them and when yeah when walter frey was like the red wedding i just thought <laughs> why would you call it the red wedding it was <laughs> wedding. It was like a movie where they say the title of the movie in the movie, you know, where it's like, and it's not. If this is a, this represents a clear and present danger. You know, it's like one of those types of things. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes. what um, I, and it wasn't like he said it in some descriptive term, like the the, the wedding that we turned red or something. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The red wedding, and then he calls it that again. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for him to be like, <laughs> and then the purple wedding the next year. Remember that? I mean. It was just ridiculous. In this crazy Game of Thrones we're playing. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, just, I mean, come on, yeah. It I was, mean, they do say that in season one. In the oh, Game of Thrones, win? you win oh, or you that's die. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't know any better then. Like, we just thought, oh, how cute. How, how, how you know, how trite. But, right. yeah, it was, it was weird. And they to take an event that in the world of the show, an event so – because, I mean, he shouldn't be so cavalier about that shit. He basically broke anybody's trust because he, you know, they had Sanctuary there and he broke that. So it's like, he, that dude should be on the run from every other house. Like, there should be no, no, mis you know, mo no mistake that he's somehow still in the good graces of anybody. And then he's like, yeah, the Red Wedding, <laughs> I, the DVD comes out next month. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's like, come on, dude, I'm a little lazy, but yeah. Well, so it's a it's a weird thing because so in the books, it's all happened out of sequence. Like Jamie okay. has been at River Run. Um, you know, he had to go. I I can't remember. If he he relieves <laughs> one of the other Lannisters who's not doing a good job of of um, mm. kicking the Blackfish out. So it's sort of like I think all that happens while Cersei has her while she is imprisoned. So like Jamie oh, is okay. not at King's Landing when all that is going on. Um, gotcha. I, I believe. I believe that's the correct chronology. So it's just it's just really weird that it's like, um, and you know, at the funeral of Joffrey, there was a little bit of that sort of flipping around of of chronologies and stuff. So whenever they do that, you, something weird that, happens. Yeah. And so, um, so you know, I'm just I'm just kind of on the lookout for like what weird thing is going to happen because of this, or you know, in that whole thing when Frey is uh, uh, talking about who's turned on him, he mentions the Brotherhood without banners. So are we gonna yeah, get you're right. Lady Stoneheart yeah. this? No, season? we're not. No, we're not. I, I, mean, I here's my. I've been a discussion. What does she give us? <laughs> I mean, it's you know, I, I, 
forward, advance that theory uh, that Sansa may be playing her her enacting that role, and I'm yeah. I'm on like a, I I like that a text I, list. I like with that. Some I think guy. they name check them. They name check them only because I think that's going to be one more faction that Sansa rallies. You know, is the Brotherhood without banner? Like I think he was. Mm, I, like, I think I like he was. He was basically name checking all the people now that Sans is going to have on her kickball team that are going to go that we're going to see in the Battle of the Bastards coming up. Like here they all are, and we haven't seen the Brother Without Banners in a while, so they, we need to start name check. Which is why it's even weirder they didn't name check Benjen last week, right? It's um, right longer, but whatever. Um, we did take that out a couple times. Does it even matter that they they rolled out what's his face who was married to Walder, uh, you know, Walder's daughter, Edamira? Edamira. It's uh, I mean that's. There's kind of a, as I recall, again, fuzzy memory, uh, there's sort of a funny thing in the books where the phrase keep threatening to hang him, and the Lannisters are like, or whoever is like, go ahead, (laughs) Blackfish. Or maybe it's Blackfish. Sorry, not the Lannisters. Blackfish is the one that's like, yeah, go ahead, kill him. Like, we're still, (laughs) I'm still the head of River Run. We're we're not giving this up. I don't Um, see, yeah, it seems like one of those just like, eh. I mean, because now now we have two characters who are basically being held hostage. We have... um, uh, Rickon, <laughs> and we have Edamir. And it's like, I have no... Yeah. Too much. Too much for it's my... It's going to be weird. Um, so, yeah, so across the Narrow Sea, I guess that's yeah. where I'm going. The Bravos. Yeah. Bravos um, and Arya is... Uh, we got... You know, we got, first of all, Richard Grant. Uh, you know, yeah, Richard E. Grant! Oh my god! Actors. Uh, you know, with Nail and I, that guy. Um, he uh, just did not Oh, I didn't even know he was in Doctor Who. Um, uh, he 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 just like oh, he's just so good in whatever he does. But I I felt like well, there's got to be more for this guy. Surely he's yeah, not here for yeah. this one scene. He didn't even speak last week when we saw him. Well, when we saw him last Maybe week, like I, I didn't even notice. Thing. I was like, is that Richard E. Grant? And like, I'm like, because he was so so fleeting. I'm like, did he just have a two second cameo for no reason? Like, what the hell? And then so glad he actually like they acknowledge it was him and he's had more to do. But yeah, yeah, it was, it was but weird. But there's got to be more. So, th- what would you think of all the the more behind the scenes drama and and the you know the conversations that Arya has with uh, Cersei doppelganger? Um, I'm wondering. Okay, so I'm I'm still standing by my thought that Jacken is up to something more than just simply he's either so burnt out that he just doesn't care. But again, that's such a change and a shift from where we first met him. I feel like he's got some higher motivation to to shake things up in the, in the house of black and white, um, mm-hmm. which by the way, as a tangent, <laughs> I can't believe I didn't bring this up last week. Is it just Jack and the waif in the house of black and white? Have we seen any other faceless men or women anywhere? Has it just been them the whole time? Yep. Seems um, like it, right? So that's odd. And maybe that's, they'll explain that or rectify that at some point, but going back to the actors, like, yeah, it's, um, I, I mean, it's, if you're going to cast somebody to be sort of the, the uh, the head uh, whatever they call it um, my sh- my my Shakespeare knowledge is is waning at the moment. Um, <laughs> what do you call the head actor? Oh God, this is, I'm going to kick myself for not knowing this. But anyway, Richard E. Grant playing that character was great. I think the woman that she was trying to kill or meant to kill though, um, I, I'm wondering if there isn't more going on with her. Right? Like, is she met, You know, is she going to whip rip off her face and be jacking? You know, is something else going to be going? Because there just seemed to be there was something too convenient about, you know, her fingering Arya, you know, backstage. Like, who are you? You know, like there just some there, there seemed to be more going on there. And and if you're going to throw, 
you know, more interesting fire, you know, you know, logs on this fire, give her something else. So like if Arya, you know, flees the house of black and white, maybe she stays with this actress or maybe there's something more to that. Maybe that's, you know, let me throw one other thing at you. Maybe that's the waif's mom. What? Think about this for a second. Oh, the, man. Other, the other actress, right? We're meant to believe the other actress is the one who put in the hit on her, but that's never officially revealed. We're just like the you know where they just show that other actress sort of yeah, yeah. being being sinister and everything, but it's never you know there's never a scene where that actress is like oh I can't wait for her to die you know there's nothing that explicitly says that we've seen the wave hanging out backstage, and it it and Jack never really reveals who put it, the hit out on that actress so what I, if I love it is, this theory because what if it is the wave and that's what her we were mom. talking about last week of like it does seem like Jackin's playing the waif against Arya. Yeah. We didn't predict it would go in this way. Yeah. But it, but it, you know, all these clues are kind of adding up to that. Um, that, that's really, that's a really interesting idea. And we I, see the way, you know, and maybe the waif's face is different. And, you know, someone would say, well, she was backstage. They would have noticed her. I'm like, yeah, she's probably, that's probably not her real face either. So it's like, what, right. What if that is somehow she's related to that woman? Or maybe that was like the woman who like cared for her or gave her up as a child or something. And yeah. she's the one who, because she seemed really interested in Arya fulfilling this particular task. Good and, you point. know, I think it's more, more than just, oh, I want Arya to fail. I, I think she wanted this. She has a personal investment in this actress dying. I, I think we've got, we, we're, we're on the, uh, on the, just on the, like, uh, the edge of being able to redefine our podcast. We should just call this storm of speculation. <laughs> <laughs> All we do is dream oh, up. Man crazy scenarios <laughs> I mean that's a, that is like such an interesting tangent to me like yeah because there's got to be something going on with the waif that you know that why why she specifically wants this vengeance on Arya I mean she's yeah if it's simply and if it's simply that Jacken is just a company man doing his shit and the big conflict here is Arya kills the waif and then has to go on the run. I'll be disappointed because that seems like so much wasted potential. Yeah. Um, so much wafted potential <laughs> uh, that it's, it's like, what else? I, I, I just feel like there's all this, this whole storyline will, will crackle with excitement. If this whole time there's been these, these, all these reveals and things. And it's like, imagine yeah. we get to the last episode of the season and it's just like reveal, 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 reveal. And it's like, Holy God. And it's like, one more is just that Jacken has either Jacken is that actress and he was there just kind of testing Arya in person. Um, or, you know, cause I'm just like, what if, ja you know, what if Jack, cause Jacken, Jacken is way too docile right now for there not to be something else really cool that he's got going on. Right. Well, <clears throat> and we did see, um, we, you know, what I love to see was uh, Arya retrieving needle from her hiding place. Yeah. Yeah. When she was told to dispose of it. And, I know this is a reach, but there is that tie from Needle that John gave her. Yeah, made of Valyrian steel that mm -hmm. was forged by the you know the Smith at Winterfell to Ned getting her her first dancing lessons with Sirio Farrell, a Bravosi, to her meeting Jock and Hagar. You know, it's like there's sort of like Needle to me represents that whole journey mm. of Arya, I guess. I love you know, that. She has to, she has to get Needle back from, uh, uh, is it the Tickler or is it Raph the Sweetling or one of those guys who's, you know, stolen, stolen Needle when she's taken prisoner and, and she gets Needle back. It's like kind of is like, is there actually a character called the Tickler? 
Yeah, the tickler is the one that he puts the rat in the basket and then ties the basket to the person's chest, and the rat eats its way. Through. Oh, that dude! At Heron Hall, he's uh, he, like he's the one interrogating everyone and basically just, just letting like, rats kill him. Like backwater Batman villains, like the tickler. Yeah. <laughs> like, Here he is. Hi, I'll tickle you. It's like Baltrock the Leaper and the tickler. It's like yeah. Here. And Raph the Sweetling, and they have Raph all these the like, goofy, like, sort of... Not Actually, I'm sorry, those sound like mafia names. names from the 30s. Like, ah, Raph the Sweetling, and the Tickler are going to come get you. <laughs> totally. So, he, so uh, yeah, that, so her picking up that sword, to me, was like... She would not have given Jockin any credence if she hadn't already met a Bravosi yeah. who had taught her sword fighting, you know? So, yeah. to me, that's like her destiny. That's like her, you yeah. know... Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's Ray picking up the the lightsaber of Luke's. It's so that was like her retrieving it to me was like, yep, we've made the connection. You know, she's back to whatever she was supposed to be. So a girl is not ready to be no one, I guess. Yeah, I don't think she was ever going to be. I I never once believed that she was giving herself completely to this. It just you know, you know. Well, and also after all the you know the Clegane Bowl and. Uh, you know, Gravedigger coming out of retirement and the Battle of the Bastards and all these other, like, big uh, clashes that we thought we'd see. Arya versus the Waif, man. I didn't yeah. think that was... I didn't think that was going to happen in this way. So, I, I agree with you. Like, it'll be weird if it's just sort of like Arya has to kill her and then she runs away. But um, th watching that sort of, uh, you know, clash get set up is was interesting. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's... Oh, I'm sorry. We, we, no, we got to hit the big one. We got to hit Daenerys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and it's, I mean, it's not really a big one. I mean, really nothing new was revealed other than um, Daenerys, you know, because she's, she's just riding along. Let me, let me... Go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you, I thought it was so funny in the middle of her speech when she said something about boats or whatever, and, and I was like, oh my God, is she going to put them all on the dragons and fly them over there <laughs> like 10 at a time? <laughs> That'll be hilarious. Like she's got dragon air, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, like if, she, if she, the dragon just like picked up 10 Dothraki and flew them to Westeros, <laughs> dropped them off and flew them back. Or like they, um, they all get on a giant arc and all the dragons like, you know, lift it up and carry it over. It's, <laughs> oh I don't know. I God. think that... Yeah, we well, need to. We I need think to... I think that whole speech was to say a thousand ships and echo Euron saying yeah. last week, "Build me a thousand ships." Exactly. I, that was totally. They were just trying to put that in our heads of like, "Yep, that's what it is." I don't know why she had to get on a dragon to make that speech. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it was more impressive. Uh, but I think if they just kept riding, it's you know we didn't get any impression that like the men were, you know, turning on her or anything. It's not no. like she had to win win them over again. They just saw her walk naked out of a burning building. It kind of just—it kind of felt like one more unneeded Daenerys as a badass scene. We've seen this before. Like yeah, we don't yeah. need another. We saw it last week. We don't need another one a week later. It was it, the only thing that I took away from that is, oh my god, Dr is it Drogon? Drogon? Dro Drogon, yeah. Drogon got way bigger. <laughs> like, have you noticed how much bigger yeah. he is from when she first rode him over to the the yeah. Dothraki countryside? Like, he's massive now. Which is um, cool because they've you know they've always hinted at like how big the dragons are getting, and it's really neat to like. Now that they're physically able to, you know, fly her around, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, like otherwise, it. anything else in, in that that was inspiring or interesting to you? That scene. <laughs> I, um, I, you know, I'm I'm cribbing from uh, Joanne Robinson's piece in Vanity Fair, of course. But uh, you know, she she mentioned the look on Dario's face of like, oh shit, is she crazy? 
Yeah, you know what? It kind of it kind of goes. We're seeing more and more now that she, she might be the big the big villain of next season. Well, like, and and again, like I mean, you know, like we, I quote her every week, but that in that piece, uh, Joanna talks about, um, you know, the other things that Khal Drogo promised Daenerys was that when they brought their army over to Westeros, they would rape every woman and enslave every child because these yeah. are the freaking Dothraki, man. That's true. They are not. She's not bringing a civilized army over there. She's bringing a bunch of you know like crazy, uh, you know, just not, I was about to say warlords, but they're not even lords. They're just, well, you know, it's uh, weird. Cause the unsullied the are, the unsullied are very much not that they're very much. Yeah, they're super disciplined. They don't have their genitals. Like there's nothing that can, there's not, yeah, it's, that's much more of a, of a very strategic surgical kind of a thing. And then they're, they're going to have to mix and intermingle with the Dothraki, which are not that, you know? And you know, there's a funny thing with, uh, with Dario, because remember we had the first Dario for one season and he, mm -hmm. he was always a little bit more wild. I thought than new Dario, Dario two, what do we want to call him? Um, <laughs> so, uh, but Dario two, like one of the things about Dario is he fights with the Iraq, the, the, um, that's like an A-R-A-K-H, like the Arak, the curved sword of the Dothraki. Mm -hmm. And um, so he was, he's always been kind of a madman, like the Dothraki, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it is weird that he would be the character that's like, oh, this just got crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So there was, there I, I was... do wonder if that was the look we were seeing or if we were seeing him again in awe of, like, her power. Yeah, yeah. That's just sort of my final, I'll throw that yeah. out there. Kind of well, on that note, um, I think that wraps it up. Uh, that's well, cool, yeah. Looking forward to next week. I think more – again, I, I I am more and more interested in the Stark kids. Like that seems to be – it seems like we've shifted back now and the show is about them. That's and, a good point. You know, I think we're heading to the point where it's it's them versus Daenerys and then them united with Daenerys. Mm. And we, get, we get our Song of Ice and Fire. Um, Do you think we're going to get the Battle of the Bastards this year? God, yes. Are you kidding? Okay. They will not. Okay. There's no way they put that off. That'll be – that's think, the Ned's Head episode. You think that's our Ned's Head and then episode 10 is just like – like how last year was a ton of cliffhangers. This episode of 10 is just going to be a ton of reveals. <laughs> a ton of reveals or a ton of like, like, uh, you know, the efficiency is coming might be that episode. Um, I, I just had a thought, by the way, wouldn't it be amazing if, if the Ned's head to episode is battle of the bastards and in a, in a sort of hilarious fan gratifying move, they, they slice Ramsey's head off and put it on a pike and then it could become the oh Ramsey's head episode. You know, it's like, wouldn't that be awesome if that's, yeah. you're saving it for that. Like, Hey everybody, we're gonna yeah. know that anyway. I, I wonder uh, if he's gonna get his comeuppance. I'll just say that we can we can close it on my curiosity there. Uh, I think one of the good guys might be going down in that fight. I don't want to say anything. Um, well, all right. Well, that's mm, yeah. We'll have to talk about that next week then, because I've got there's a whole <laughs> lot of questions I could follow up there. I guess you can find me online at on Twitter. I'm at Taylor Trask, and, and I'm at Hey Todd A. Yeah, and you can find us both uh, uh, at Todd and Taylor T A Y L O R dot com. com, and uh, there we have all our podcasts. We have these episodes. We have uh, the normal Todd and Taylor show, and uh, you know you can find us wherever fine podcasts are are downloaded. Yeah, look for us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. Uh, I don't know where else we are, but um, we're we're on a couple of apps like that use those feeds, so you can find us. Sounds um, good. And I, I'll tell you just to just to plug ourselves a little bit more. Uh, I, I pod, normal podcasts don't do this. I've been listening to a ton of podcasts on my commute lately, um, and I really like that we we do our podcasts in seasons. 
And mm -hmm. I think if you go back and you listen to them, especially if you go to our website, you'll see, uh, that's toddandtaylor.com, you'll see that all the playlists are broken up by seasons. Yeah. Um, and so it, there's definitely a different feel to each season. You know, we kind of had a pilot season that we called episode zero. We were sort of figuring out the, the, you know, how to do it and what to talk about. And then since then, we've been, like, on a pretty good roll, I think. So I'm, yeah. I'm pretty happy with it. Like, I like, you know, it's hard for me to dive into a podcast when there's a thousand episodes and I don't know where to start. Um with us, it's really easy. Just jump into a season. That's a great point. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it's been another week in West or another Wednesday in Westeros, and we'll see you guys next week. Fleet of lands near and far, near and far. Shaknagar or Golfsvalar, revenge will be spectacular. Shaknagar, Tyrion Scar, Cersei's bar, shooting star. Shaknagar, Bravosi Bazaar, oh so close and yet so far. Shaknagar, seven pointed star, Master's Chard, Torment says hard. Shaknagar, sweep the floor, forget who you really are. Shaknagar, needles not far. <laughs>